From the Financial Times in London, I'm Hannah Murphy and this is FT News. An activist investment fund has acquired a significant interest in Barclays, one of Britain's biggest banks, increasing pressure on management to turn around its recent faltering performance. Barclays said entities controlled by Sherborne, Edward Brampson's investment vehicle, had acquired voting rights over 5.16% of its issued share capital. Here with me to discuss what this means for the bank is Martin Arnold, the FT's banking editor, and Jonathan Guthrie, head of Lex. Martin, can you tell us first how much money Mr Brampson has put into Barclays and why do we care? I can tell you what Sherborne has disclosed, which is that it has invested £580 million in Barclays shares and derivatives. And as a result of that, it says that it now owns just under 2% of Barclays voting rights directly through shares held and another just over 3.2% through derivatives. And as you mentioned at the start, as a result of that, it's got between 5.1 and 5.2% of voting rights in Barclays, which Barclays says, if you go by voting rights, makes it the fourth largest investor in one of Britain's biggest banks behind Capital Group, BlackRock and the Qatar Investment Authority. So that's how much they've spent. And the reason we care is because, as you said, Sherborne is not a typical institutional investor. It is well known as an activist investor and has carried out activist campaigns pushing for changes in management, changes in strategy at several UK financial services groups, including F&C, the asset management company, and a couple of private equity groups, Electra and 3i both were listed private equity groups 3i never actually went ahead with the activist side of its mandate because the shares rose in the first few months of its ownership so it was able to book a profit and sold fairly quickly without actually pushing for any changes now barclays is a much bigger kettle of fish its market capitalization is over 30 billion pounds it's one of the uk's four big clearing banks It's incredibly strategically important. On an international level, it is classed by global regulators as a globally systemically important institution. So this is a much bigger chunk to bite off for Sherborne. And what are the main reasons for Barclays' recent underperformance and what progress has it made in fixing those problems? Barclays has had a tough time of late. Almost really since the financial crisis, it has been struggling Last year, the bank was one of the worst performing shares in the sector. It fell more than 12% last year, while the European banking index rose some 7.5%. And there are multiple reasons for this. One is that Barclays has been heavily exposed to the fixed income trading markets, which have been incredibly calm. And that means very little activity because there's been low volatility. And they've suffered as a result of that rapid fall in revenues in one of the core parts of the Barclays Investment Bank. They've also been hit by changing capital requirements They had operated with very little capital before the financial crisis. And since the crisis, regulators have been forcing them to increase the amount of capital they hold against their assets. And that's reduced the return on equity that they can generate and forced them to shrink the balance sheet. And finally, they have been hit by rather a large amount of litigation and they've paid billions of pounds to settle things like investigations by regulators into fixing the LIBOR interest rate market, also the foreign exchange market. And they're not out of the woods yet. There are several big live investigations that are still outstanding on the bank. So all of that has led to lots of restructuring, lots of heavy charges and poor profitability. I mean, 
For 2017, the bank last month reported a loss of over £1.9 billion. And I think if you take all the years since the financial crisis, in more than half of them, it's actually made a net loss. So it's been struggling for a while. Not looking great. Jonathan, what do we know about Mr Bramson and his record as an activist investor? Is he sort of likely to seek to make quick disposals of, say, Barclay Card? Well, Edward Bramson is actually a guy who's originally English, but he moved to the US and he went to Wall Street where he's been quite successful as an activist. Where he's best known, really, I think, in the UK is over the last few years. The two deals that were mentioned by Martin, so Foreign and Colonial and Electra, and also this brief flirtation with 3i, what he does tend to do is go in and try and get on the board. He tries to get representatives on the board. He then will tend to look at the business from the bottom up and decide how he thinks it might be run better. He has a city fan club, so he's a bunch of investors who think he's very good. And it's quite likely that he might have spoken to them because activists typically do speak to big long funds before they take stakes to see if they're likely to get any leverage. And I think he's quite well regarded, to be fair. Electra seemed a bit more of a punt than foreign and colonial, but he won there, of course, and got in and went through the restructuring and released quite a lot of value. What he might do at Barclays, I think, is really anybody's guess at the moment. What he showed with 3i, where he never actually declared his hand in terms of what he would like them to do because they were already on a tear. What that showed is that he may sit tight and decide where he's going to go with it based on the response and the way that both the city and perhaps even politicians and the broader public respond in the UK. There are some pretty obvious things you could do in terms of making disposals to release some value within Barclays. I think it's fair to say that the management there has not really covered itself in glory. The disposal of the African businesses, I think, look like a reasonable piece of tidying up. There's probably quite a lot more you could do. And there is quite a lot of jeopardy concerning the chief executive, Jess Staley. And you mentioned these fans in the city. How much influence does he have in the city of London? And what sort of hurdles might he face? I think he's quite well regarded. He does tend to want to be on the board, which I think will make it possibly a bit tougher at Barclays, of course, because there are financial regulators there who care deeply about who's running Barclays and the prudence of what they do. Um, He hasn't tended to be involved with anything like this as a big, complex lender of this sort. Fund management houses are a simpler proposition. In some respects, I think he's picking on a weaker situation than was the case in Electra, where the performance wasn't as bad as all that. On the other hand, this is a vastly more complex situation, and there is also very large political jeopardy here. Barclays is an iconic business, which has been through some tough times, and we've seen a very strong political and public reaction to the GKN Melrose takeover bid. I think we're living in quite protectionist times, so it would be very interesting to see how this develops beyond the borders of the city. What you tend to find quite often is that investors and investment analysts concentrate on the financials. They're not so good on the broader picture, and that can be quite unpredictable, and there can be quite a lot of momentum in campaigns against intervention in big companies, sometimes even interventions which have quite a good rationale behind them. And just finally, Martin, Barclays chief executive Jess Staley has been under a bit of a cloud since he was criticised for trying to identify a whistleblower. What does his future look like now? Well, things are turning around 
to a certain extent for Jez. Whether they're turning around fast enough for Mr. Bramson remains to be seen. You're right that there is this cloud hanging over him personally, that he's being investigated by US and UK regulators for attempting to unmask a whistleblower. But with the annual results last month, he promised to restore the dividend to the level it had been before he took over and decided to cut the dividend by more than half. He's also said that the bank will benefit strongly from recent US cuts to corporation tax. And he said that volatility has been surging since the start of this year, and that's expected to help the Barclays Investment Bank. So things are showing signs of turning around. There are still some other clouds out there. The bank is being sued by the US Department of Justice over alleged mis-selling of subprime mortgage securities before the financial crisis. And it also faces criminal charges along with a handful of former Barclays executives, including the former chief executive John Varley in the UK, where it's being criminally charged over the details of its fundraising from Qatar in 2008 in the heat of the financial crisis. So big clouds still hanging over them. But in terms of the performance of the business, things are starting to move in Jez Staley's favour. He's also talked about the potential for a share buyback, which would be a very attractive idea for investors, including presumably Mr. Bramson. And you could see the share price start to move upwards. At the moment, Barclays is trading at a discount of some 30 to 40 percent to its book value, whereas the big US banks are performing much better with a much higher return on equity and they're trading above their book value. So Barclays could see a big increase in its value. But as I mentioned, there are still these regulatory clouds, so they need to clear those and start to show some evidence that they're out of the woods. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Jonathan. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to look out for our Banking Weekly podcast, which comes out later today. Thanks for listening. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.